Hey everybody, this is uh, another episode of my semicolon life. Um, sorry it's been a while since I've done a podcast episode. Life has been kind of crazy, hence the purpose of my life. Um, things seem kind of general and generic, but um, this is kind of where I'm at. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about. Um, nothing that I've really considered um, doing, but I think it's beneficial to really have kind of a an agenda with with my podcasts, um, things that topics I want to talk about each episode. The couple that I want to focus on today, one is. Um, hyper-focusing on something specific. Um, I tend to hyper-focus on things that not that don't really matter or shouldn't matter, but to me, having a deep connection to things, um, that's what I tend to do. Um, and there are a variety of examples that I can focus on but really, I want just to talk about that. Um, so, my last episode, I talked about how I met with, or how I meet, I am meeting, currently meeting with uh, a therapist who um, is a member of the same church that I am a member of. And we were talking about an, an issue that I've been having with a few different situations um, in my life, um, and how I would talk to him about it and be open about something that was bothering me, and we would work through it and process it, and then I would come right back to that same example. And it's interesting that I never really had taken the time to um, think about hyper focusing or being stuck on something that to others may be of no value or not uh, importance, but to me it is. And um, kind of backtracking, um, let's see, 12 years ago, not long after my wife and I were, were first married, I met with a counselor or a therapist um, while attending a community college. And she asked me these questions about ADD, ADHD, kind of get a diagnosis of it. And I couldn't really see outside of myself. So my wife came in and she, the therapist asked my wife the same questions. And I think at the time we were married for like three and a half weeks, four weeks. And my wife was able to answer yes to all the questions that was asked. And there I was diagnosed with um, ADHD. And ADHD, you all may know that it's Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And when you think of the hyperactivity, you think of lots of energy. And uh, to me, I think of that. I think of lots of energy. I think of bouncing. I think of just 
kind of uncontrolled motions and just in your face. Um, but then I read an article recently talking about that uh, hyperfocus and you take the hyperactivity, you take the hyperfocus, the first word in that is hyper. So and that doesn't necessarily mean um, tons of energy. It, it To me, in this case, is like you take that energy and you put it towards one thing. And in this case, um, my hyper-focusing on something that's not super valid, like important to other people. Anyways, it's interesting. My therapist, when I came back to an example that I shared with him before, he, he stopped me. And he wasn't, he was direct. He was direct, which I needed because I tend to not really pay attention to what's was talking about. Like I'm in the moment and I'm trying to process all of this. And then he stopped me and he said, you are really hyper-focused on stuff. And I know I'm throwing that word around several times, but it's what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing is, is focusing on that. So my goal for myself in this part of my life is to really work through um, focusing on what matters and if others don't really value it or um, work with me on it, then I'll take that charge, I'll take that responsibility just to work through it and um, not really not involve other people, but do it for myself. And I think that's a, a lot of us that we tend to, well, a lot of people who have a deep, deep concern or a deep connection with things that matter most themselves or myself. Um, anyways, I seem like I'm, rambling on quite a bit but I hope this makes sense and if it doesn't make sense um, reach out to me and I can clarify I uh, nothing um, it's nothing that will hurt others feelings but it's kind of a weird situation that I'm in anyways that's besides the point so if this doesn't make sense let me know and and I can explain it better um, the next thing I wanted to talk about recently, um, so as, as, uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have, um, what's called stake conferences, and it's a stake, um, S-T-A-K-E, is, uh, a, a congregation of of smaller congregations. So a smaller congregation is known as a ward. And so six or more wards belong in a stake. And then semi-annually we hold stake conferences. And this past Sunday we had one. It, a stake conference typically happens on a Saturday evening. And then uh, Sunday morning is like a general session of that. 
and this last Sunday, we just had our Sunday meeting, and it took place of a, a of a regular Sunday, where our local leaders um, came come together and and share um, inspirational insights and to help the the saints or the members in this area um, become stronger in in the gospel and the church as individuals and families. And our local leader, he's known as a stake president. He shared a really thought-provoking story that I I find is quite uh, applicable to to our lives, to my life. The story that he shared, um, springtime last year, um, he and his wife noticed that on their back porch, um, they heard a lot of uh, commotion and they heard a lot of um, chirping and fluttering and flittering, all sorts of things. And the stake president's wife noticed that on the back of their porch, uh, two robins um, uh, were building a nest, preparing for uh, their eggs. And um, the state president's wife was, they were watching, you know, in fascination as they were gathering materials, building a nest, building a home for their family, their, their little family. And I've never had the opportunity to watch a bird um, make a home, but I mean, it's fascinating to see where they gather their materials and their resources to build their nests. And, um, about a week later, they had laid their three blue eggs in a nest, and um, the mom was super cautious and protected her eggs. Not long after that, they all hatched. And one day, um, the stake president's wife, there, uh, she heard more commotion and more chaotic noise than normal. And she walked out onto their patio and noticed that the mother robin uh, was in sheer panic. And she couldn't quite f- uh, figure out what was going on. And and she was watching this mother robin um, just fly around in circles and, and was in a lot of distress. And then she noticed under some leaves against their fence... There's a lot of there's movement, a lot of rustling in the leaves, and she approached. She got close without truly disturbing the the mom, um, but she got close to see what was going on, and noticed that a baby robin had fallen out. They at this point were teaching their babies how to fly from their nest, and one of the robins had fallen out of the nest and. Um, couldn't move, couldn't really do much. And then she noticed that a garden snake had latched onto the baby. Oh, I apologize. That is my dog. <laughs> um, anyways, um, she had noticed that a garden snake had latched onto the baby's head. Now imagine this situation, this scenario, as put yourself in the place of the mother robin, watching her young in this situation, wanting to protect it and rescue it, 
but also not wanting to be eaten herself or injured herself. Now imagine yourself as this baby um, and how helpless it is. And now the sake president's wife, she um, of course was, was helpless. She wanted to do something. But she noticed that this garden snake latched onto the baby for practice and not to actually eat the the baby, the baby Robin. And of course, we all understand nature. We understand the circle of life. We understand the food chain. We understand that things have to survive, things die, things you know, this process of life. Of course, it, as, as our stake, presence and stake president was, was um, sharing this story, my heart was just broken for this Robin because it had so much to live for and so much to do and started its own family and, you know, of course, learn to fly and, and live its life. Now, this situation with the snake did it as practicing and for sport and not to actually survive. And how upsetting is that situation? Um, I, I think with the representation of the snake, um, the snake is our challenges in life. Is Well, let me put it in, in my perspective. When I when I was picturing this story, um, the snake are are my challenges, are my trials, um, things that I have to go through in my own life, and changes, and how challenging it is for me when something unexpected comes and just figuratively bites, bites on me, you know. Sometimes I feel like in situations my head is, is swallowed in emotions um, and I can't quite manage. I feel limp in a lot of cases. Um, I feel I can't control situations or I can't um, muster through something when I feel like quote-unquote, the snake has a grasp on me. Um, in a religious um, context, we see the snake as the adversary, as Satan, as Lucifer, and how often he manages to um, snatch us up when we are weak. In my case, in a lot of our cases, we are that tiny bird. And we fall and we are weak when we, are in, when we can't do much for ourselves, when I can't do much for myself. Or I know I can, but I, it's hard for me to get through a situation. Anyways, um, I find myself weak when I am focusing too much on something that um, takes up a lot of energy or something that eats at me, at my emotions, and I, and I can't seem to 
push through that. You know, tying the hyper-focusing and tying in this story, I often find myself, I just, I can't bear some challenges in my life. And I allow myself to, to weaken. And it's been good for me to, to be with the therapist, to see a therapist so we can process these things together and he can help me see what matters the most. I do have deep care for things. I do have deep concern for things and I want to teach people and I want to teach like my nieces and nephews and my daughter um, valuable lessons and when that's not being supported outside of that, it's hard for me. So I get so hyper-focused on uh, wanting to react negatively to get a reaction instead of being more positive about it and just taking it on myself. So I found when I do that, it's easy for me to push through and go on and not get overly upset when I don't have that outside support. Anyways, so I hope this this episode makes sense. Um, I hope that you can tie this story into your own life. Um, and I hope that you can get a sense of my, my deep connection with you. Whoever you are, who, whoever is listening to this, I hope that you're able to know that in any aspect of your life, you are not alone. Um, and I've mentioned this before, you are, inher- you are inherently good. You are a good person. You are an amazing person. And remember, you are worth it. And, and know that um, people you have people in your life who love you and who care about you. And I, I say this because I have been and continue to be in similar situations. So know that you are not alone. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening.